0: You are locked on NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
1: All right. It's the Wednesday edition of locked on NFL It's a good show today, man. We're still in our preview mode. I am Tony Wiggins along with James Rapine. James, what's going on today, brother? What's up, Tone? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. We got a guest, too. Got a good guest from out west, the uh, AFC West, the Chargers. My man, Daniel Wade, uh, is joining us from Locked On Chargers. Great show, by the way. Outstanding show. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good. I was hoping the guest was Cody Davis. I was hoping to hear some really good arguments (laughs) from you guys, but I'm happy to be here with you guys. Who's the
1: worst team? I don't know. Cody don't want this smoke man you know he did he, i'm tell, he didn't he didn't even know i was coming on i heard him talking i'm just for the record if y'all don't know at our preview show our uh schedule preview cody didn't know that i was in queue and he was sitting there selling out and i d i would him i said put me on and you saw him after i got on there y'all that stuttering and he, he knew better than brought all that smoke <laughs> with love me, that. but yeah i loved it too man that's my buddy uh Man, uh, it's been a long time. We did talk this past season, and a lot has changed, and a lot has gotten better for you guys. And uh, we're going to be able to go through today here on our preview uh, some good. I think it's all good. I don't think it's very much bad for the Chargers. The only thing is I have to make sure I don't call them San Diego. But James and I were talking uh, earlier today. We talk all the time. There was an article out about quarterbacks and who needs to prove stuff. James, there are people in that article that probably regret the fact that they didn't take Justin Herbert. I want you to get into it and explain it, since you basically brought it up to me. But it's ironic that we're having uh, my man on today. Now, Now also, just for programming, it was teased that we were going to do lock, the, preview the Bills. We had some scheduling conflicts, so we had to switch it around on our spreadsheet. We are going to do the Bills. Joe Marino is going to join one of the Locked On shows. It might be us on the Locked On NFL, but we had to move that around just a little bit but uh, Daniel was able to join us today here, and we're going to do the charges. But James, talk about that article and talk about what the crux of all of that was.
0: Justin Herbert or Josh Allen for the next decade? I'm going to get to the article. For the next decade, who are you taking? Oh, Five, me? Five, four, yep, three, Herbert, Come Herbert. On. Herbert. All right. You, you saying that because
1: Daniel's on, or are you saying it because you believe no, it? No, I'm saying it. I'm saying it because <laughs> I'm saying it because... I like big arm guys and they're both big arm guys, but I don't like, I like guys that I don't like guys that have a propensity to make that ugly throw. Herbert doesn't do that to me. I think Josh takes, takes that chance. And every now and then he gives you that head scratcher, that Brett Favre head scratcher. I don't think that other kid does that. That other kid, does, he doesn't do that kind of stuff. So I'll yeah. take him.
0: I'll take him. I'm not arguing with you. I was just curious. I figured I know. I'd tie it in, but the, the story you were talking about and PFF came out with this. And it was, which quarterback has the most to prove in 2021? And you got the Sam Darnolds of the world, right? You, you got a Carson Wentz who's in a new area. And in, in, in to me, or uh, in a new team with the, the Colts, and then Tua Tungavailoa. And, and Daniel, that's the interesting part to me, is Tua instantly, when you see Joe Burrow look like he's the part going first overall, then the sixth pick in Justin Herbert, rookie of the year, puts up historic numbers and you're Tua at five, and you're underwhelming, and you got these bad quotes and OTA stuff and all that. A lot of people were saying Tua has the most to prove, even though he's just entering his second year. He's coming off of that injury. And I think it's a, an interesting debate, and I think it's because of Justin Herbert's success that everyone's looking at Tua and saying that. Because I think Carson Wentz has much more to prove than Tua Tungavailoa at this stage. But, I mean, he's getting paid. He's making a lot of money. And yet, Tua, I think, is at the top of most people's list, Daniel.
2: Well, I think the crazy thing about it, too, is the standard has changed so much, right? I mean, Tua was nine touchdowns, one interception, right? Game managing kind of thing. But you look at most rookie quarterbacks throughout NFL history, you're getting that specific number. You're probably good with it, right? I mean, Peyton Manning goes out and throws 28 interceptions. Today, he's roasted. He probably doesn't even get a second year in today's (laughs) game, right? But he's put right next to Justin Herbert. And I mean, I'll be honest, I liked two or more coming out like most people did, right? And there was a lot of rumors swirling around during draft time, during that draft class, where it was like, oh, the Dolphins like Justin Herbert. Is it a smokescreen? Do they not want the Chargers to potentially move up with the Giants at four? And now all three of them are linked. But when someone comes out and has that, you know, historic rookie season, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen from the position, and you took the guy right before who's getting benched in the fourth quarter for Ryan Fitzpatrick, it kind of breeds those issues. I mean, for Carson Wentz, I think it's more like, hey, if he doesn't do it with Frank Reich again, if he doesn't do it this year, new scenario, gets away from the Eagles. I mean, what is he at that point? What's his value? To uh, at the same time, I mean, there is no Ryan Fitzpatrick there, right? He has to show that he's in that class with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, but I guess it just depends what your expectations are. I mean, there's people saying that Justin Herbert, you know, dark horse MVP candidate, right? I've seen some of that out there. You're not really getting that with Herbert. So I guess it just depends what the expectations are. I feel like for him, it's just show that you're a starting quarterback, show that you're something to be excited about for the future, for him to have that, you know, for them to go get his guy and Jalen Waddle and all those things. I mean, he definitely has some expectations on him, but I guess it just depends where you're putting those.
1: It's weird to me because with Tua, you get the excuses. And the excuses is the blame. Okay, it's Chan Gailey's fault for the check down offense. So now we're going to add weapons. It's different out there where you are with Herbert. And that's something that we got to get into because – The guy, I believe Pep Hamilton was given a lot of credit for his development. Is Pep still there? I think is Pep gone. Did Pep get it? No, Pep's
2: in Houston now, Cody Davis.
1: Yeah, so so here's the thing. Now, he's going to be a young guy who's going to lose people that were given a lot of credit for his success. And he's going to be changing into a situation. So the pressure is now on him to make sure that he can maintain that. You know, it's a little bit different scenario. We're going to get into it. We're going to really, really get into it because there's some stuff I really want to talk to you about. And here's one thing I'm going to segue to in the next segment. There are teams around the league that have marquee players. And you always talk about those really good teams. You can name seven or eight guys that are all pro type. And that's why they're in the playoffs. The Chargers are perennially. I can't think since the last 15 years, they've always had those guys. And it's like they never they have six or seven dudes at various positions that you go. Yep. He's one of the five best in the league. Yep. He's one of the top eight. Yep," But it's for some reason they just can't seem to get beyond. And I think it's infrastructure. So I want to I want to kill it and talk about it too much in this segment. But we'll get into that with you. And I want to ask you the question of why now before we do that i gotta let you know about locked on fantasy football where the winning in your league starts with the right data Vinny lyra of the sporting news provides you the winning edge you need in fantasy football leagues locked on fantasy football is a daily podcast all year round so your fantasy football team never fails subscribe to locked on fantasy football segment two of locked on nfl on wednesday with james rapine and daniel wade along with me tony wiggins reviewing los angeles Chargers. we'll be able to do that in just a second here on locked on nfl
0: after online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action the nba playoffs in full swing can chris paul finish the job can he finally get to the nba finals you got an opinion about it you can bet at BetOnline.ag. Plus, they got your Major League Baseball, NHL, and maybe you want to get in on the Justin Herbert prop bets for 2021. You can do that as well. So get off on off the sidelines, get in on the action at BetOnline.ag. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Again, it's simple. BetOnline.ag promo code Locked On get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline,
1: your online sportsbook experts. All right, Wednesday, Locked On NFL, James repeating Tony Wiggins. We're talking Chargers, and I have not said San Diego, and I'm proud of myself because I do that every single time. We got Daniel Wade of Locked On Chargers, who does a great podcast, Locked On Chargers podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's one of my favorites, and uh, he has a real good job, a real fun job we'll talk about later on. He does one of my favorite things. and uh, So let's talk about this. Before the break, what I said was – Usually you find really good teams that are successful. They have to have these marquee players. I'll name them right now. I think Keenan Adams is probably the most underrated receiver in the league. And I say that because if you ask guys around the league, dudes that'll just eat you up all day, that's him. He's one of them. To me, he's Devontae Adams without fanfare. People just don't give him credit. When you look at his numbers, he does it every single time. And he will absolutely tear you to shreds every single week. They've always had a really good quarterback with the exception of the year between Rivers and now Justin Herbert. But when you look at Derwin James, even though he's been unhealthy, you look at Joey Bosa, they went from Casey Hayward. They had Casey Hayward, who was a great player. It seems like every single year you look up and there's four or five great players. And then if you go back, of course there was LT and there was you know Antonio Gates. There was all of these great players sprinkled throughout the roster, but for some reason They just didn't win. It's the offensive line in it. I'm telling you right now, that's what I think it is. I think it's the infrastructure and the offensive line is the one unit on your team. If it isn't right, they'll make you look bad.
2: It is. And I think, I mean, when you look at the Chargers historically, that's what you're going to find. Because if you look at the last time the Chargers had extended success, it was in the 2000s, right? It's 2006 through 2010, AFC West champions all those years. I mean, I think they beat the Raiders like 15 straight times over that stretch I mean they were dominant and the biggest difference between that team and this team you had a running back you had a quarterback you had a wide receiver you had a good offensive line back then right the only year in the last 10 years I think you could argue that the Chargers had an average offensive line was 2018 12 and 4 beat the Ravens and Lamar Jackson in the first round of the playoffs end up getting spanked by the New England Patriots but I think you're absolutely right which is why I think This year was so refreshing because it's like, hey, before, maybe you bring back a couple of the guys that didn't work to low contracts and hope they work it out, all those things. Not this year. Total remodeling. Everybody can go. Sam Tevy, you can go to the Colts. Dan Feeney, have fun with the Jets. Forest Lamp, you know, see you later. They brought in Corey Lindsley, best center in the league, potentially. They use a first-round pick on Rashawn Slater. Only once in the last 30-plus years. Had they taken an offensive lineman in the first round, it was DJ Fluker, right? They hadn't been putting the capital investment in to get that big return on the offensive line. They tried to figure it out with band-aids and free agency. Now with Justin Herbert, when you talked about all the different coordinators, six offensive coordinators in the last you know six years, five different head coaches, he might be unique. We qualified for that. But the biggest thing that's going to help him is this team finally investing in that offensive line.
0: That was the the refreshing thing to me. I know Matt Filer was a guy that we were talking about on Locked on Bengals some. And the moment you guys got him, and I think it was for $7 million per, it felt like good value. I, I look at it, and yeah, the offensive line should be fine. Uh, Austin Eckler, I think, fits really well, assuming he could stay healthy with Justin Herbert. You got a two-headed monster at wide receiver in Keenan Allen and in Mike Williams. Where's the the concern or uh, for this offense are you worried about a specific area you signed jared cook in free agency by the way uh what worries you most about this offense
2: i mean i think for the offensive line part of things you just have to hope it come together right i mean you can add a lot of pieces the offensive line has so much to do with chemistry there's so much gelling there's new coaches entirely new staff that part is a little concerning and i think As a Chargers, you know, someone that covers the chargings are a little bit hesitant to just crown a new offensive line being good (laughs) because it's been so long since you've actually seen it. So you wanted to go out there and actually have some success before you get excited about it. But the potential is obviously there. After that, it's depth. Who's the third wide receiver going to be after Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Is it Tyron Johnson who kind of came on last year as a third round pick? Josh Palmer, who's kind of seen as a Mike Williams replacement after this season if you can't come to an extension with him based on some up and down years. And I think Jared Cook is going to be big. I mean, Hunter Henry was flooded with targets last year. He didn't convert a ton of them, but there's definitely a comfortability with the tight end, that security blanket, that check down throw that if the first progressions aren't there, you have somebody reliable that's going to catch the ball. After him, you have a rookie and Trey McKitty, a guy who formerly played in the XFL and Donald Parham, And then Steven Anderson, who's bounced around to a few teams. So the depth isn't super deep at tight end. You feel a little worried if something were to happen to Jared Cook. Can these inexperienced guys kind of float you through an entire season? But offensively, I mean, I don't have a ton of questions, at least with the top starting in talent. I mean, it's one of the most talented rosters they put out there. The one big guy that you lost in free agency, Hunter Henry. You get a guy in Jared Cook who's familiar with the New Orleans Saints offense with Joe Lombardi, all the new guys that they brought in. So it looks pretty good right now, but obviously things can change quickly.
1: So we were used to Anthony Lynn, who for, for all intents and purposes, everyone around the league says was a great man, better, better man than football coach. And he's the kind of guy you root for and don't want to lose his job and don't want him to get fired. And then I'm familiar with Gus Bradley, great human being Uh, kind of wears on you a little bit when Uh, any time a guy has these great speeches, remember Ed Hockley, and I think it might have been against the Chargers, remember Ed Hockley did such a good job explaining calls all the time, and then the one time he screwed up and he had to explain it in Denver, they booed him and like, shut up, we don't ever want to hear you explain anything else. Gus Bradley was that type of guy. He was really good explaining things, but when things don't work, the last thing you want a guy to do is to keep talking. That's kind of how it was with him. What's going to happen now with the coaching staff? Can you explain to us? We know about Mike Lombardi, but what about some of the other parts? What about the scheme? Uh, I was familiar with that 4-3 shell defense that Gus ran, and it seemed like if a quarterback wanted to play 7-on-7 pitch and catch, they'd go 30-for-30. So what are you going to see now with this new defense and the new offense, and what do it look like?
2: Well, when you get Brandon Staley, obviously you're going from that 4-3 you know, that Gus Brownlee was running. Now you're going to a 3-4, and that's really probably not as crazy as it seems just because with Brandon Staley last year, he ran 80% of his plays in sub packages, so you're getting that extra defensive back on the field. You're running some sort of nickel 80-plus percent of the time where you're getting more guys on the field, so probably the same amount of pass rushers for most plays. This is what I'm most excited about. Before, when the Chargers had a weakness, and in the past it was Brandon Faison, the next corner off the bench when Casey Hayward Hayward was dealing with injuries, everyone knew where to go, right? And Gus Bradley isn't the type that's going to help you. Hey, here's extra guys going over there. It's cover three. You're out there by yourself on an island to some extent. If someone wants to pick on that like you're talking about, keep going over there time and time again. That same play is going to be there for the most part unless he breaks on it makes a big play, all those things. Now you get Brandon Staley who disguises things, right? Who runs a split safety look instead of running that single high safety. I think that's going to help some of the Chargers' younger players not having the pressure of being that last line of defense for someone like Nazir Adderley, the safety going into his third year, a guy who was getting there a step late when he's the only safety back there. Now there's two guys back there. Now it's half the field that you're worried about instead of trying to be able to cover the whole field. The thing I'm most excited about, though, has to be Joey Bosa and the ways that he finds to help him get one-on-one matchups. Because last year, especially with Melvin Ingram, you could re- really see that if it's not Joey Bosa, it's not going to happen, right? Well, Brandon Staley's is coming from you know having guys like Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Khalil Mack. He specializes in finding these guys ways to make them most effective and to get the rest, most out of the rest of the defense around them. That's what I'm most excited about. That's where I think the scheme is going to help them the most because with the cover three, you you rely so much on just the talent of the players that you have out there. When all the talent is out there, it looks really good. If you're missing a couple pieces, it's much easier to exploit that. So I think seeing the disguises, giving more responsibility to some of these guys and letting players like Kenneth Murray just get downhill instead of having his back to the football like we saw a lot of times last year with Gus Bradley, I think it fits much better with what the Chargers have.
1: Yeah, um, it's going to remind me a little bit of Wade Phillips. And what I mean by that is finding guys that whatever they do, like people say Aaron Donald doesn't fit in the 3-4, make it fit. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? And Malik Jackson said Phillips did a lot of that when he was in Denver. I remember him saying, Wade does a lot of uh, things like whatever you do well, that's what he's going to make you do. And I think that's what Brandon Staley is going to do in, um, uh, with the charges. All right, so we're going to hold you for a, a little small last segment. It's usually our draft segment. I want to talk about, about your rookies. One of them I'm extremely uh, familiar with because I follow Florida State, and I'm going to tell you, he is a dog. And uh, we'll discuss that here in the third and final segment on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday this episode brought to
0: you by rock auto there's nothing worse than being stranded on the side of the road or having unreliable transportation rockauto.com can help you stay on the road for less there's i've used them a ton they've been in the business for over two decades And it's just convenient. You save money, you save time by going to their website. Instead of having to go to the big box store and tell Earl what the make and model of your car is, you can do all of it from the comfort of your own home. And why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts? Save money at rockauto.com. And it could be something as minor as wiper blades or windshield washer fluid or Something as serious as a fuel pump, they got you covered. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
1: And we got to tell you again about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I mean, ever. Not right now, ever. Nine great flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate. My personal favorite is the salted caramel because I like the contrast between the salt and that sticky caramel, and it really, really satisfies my palate. It also helps me because I'm working out and I want to make sure that I can still taste some stuff that tastes good, and Built Bar does that for me. And it's packed with protein, low in carbs, low in sugar, and low in calories. And you can get your Built Bar at builtbar.com if you enter the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Now, they have an occasional special edition Built Bar every now and then. If you want to know what that is, you go to Twitter and follow along at at bar underscore built to keep up with all of the great output coming out of Built Bar. So it's builtbar at builtbar.com, 15% off your next order when you use the promo code on. And remember, it is the greatest protein bar ever, and you can get it at builtbar.com
0: let's keep things rolling here on locked on nfl our final segment it's our draft segment and daniel wade is with us from locked on chargers and you, you mentioned rashawn slater and i want to start with him and then we'll get to uh what tony wants to talk about in florida state but rashawn slater were you surprised he fell Cause there was some talk about maybe the chargers are going to move up for an offensive lineman. He had already added um, a couple of linemen in free agency. And then you get Slater that had to to be a pretty good feeling after landing Lindsley and Filer.
2: Especially just because even with the additions that the chargers made, there was still a glaring left, left, left tackle hole that they had over there. Right. I mean, they were putting a lot of their eggs in the draft basket. I don't know who the left tackle would be. I mean, maybe, a division three pick from a couple of years ago, Trey Pipkins was slated to be the starter, but it was really, really dire. And I mean, not going to lie. I kind of roast them. You don't want to be that, you know, needy from the draft to have to have something like that, especially in the first round, where if those two guys, you know, Panay Sewell and him are off the board at that point. Now you're really, you know, maybe going to stretch a pick. You're maybe going to reach for somebody or you might have to move up. So I think, Him getting there was really surprising. And if you ask them, you know, the intel that they had was good. They felt good that they knew who the guys in front of them were going to select. I mean, I didn't see Justin Fields coming. Obviously, there was a few surprises on draft night, but Mm -hmm. it just kept going pick by pick. And you're like, he might actually fall, right? I mean, the Chargers might get the clear number two guy with a pretty big drop off to the number three guy. I mean, depending on how you feel about Elijah Vera Tucker playing tackle, but it was huge for them. I mean, I it I can't even express how, you know, lucky. I guess it's not all luck, right? I mean, they had some good intel, obviously. But to get that guy at 13, when guys like Daniel Jeremiah are out here dying on the hill of, hey, he's the best lineman in this class, mm-hmm. not number two to Panay Sewell, that's huge for them. And I mean, they've had it happen a couple times. You know, Derwin James falls to 17. They've had some pretty fortunate picks. You hit on Joey Bosa with the third overall pick they've had some nice picks this is one of my favorite picks I've had from them since I started covering the Chargers because it was such a need it was something that they never invested in in the first round so to get someone not just as talented as Rashawn Slater but maybe the most technically advanced offensive lineman the guy that might have the easiest time transitioning because from a technique standpoint he's one of the cleanest offensive line prospects that I've watched since covering the Chargers. So for them to get him at 13, to have the resolve to stay put and trust your intel and trust that that guy's going to get to you without trying to mortgage the future, I thought it was huge. And I think the Chargers fans are most excited they've been about a left tackle since someone like Marcus McNeil in the 2000s. All
1: right, well, I'm going to make you feel good right now. Florida State football in 2013 and for 25 years before that had a standard of excellence, right? And it, it's dropped off. And I'm, a, a, I'm, a, I'm not an alumni, but I'm a supporter, and I follow the team. When you drop off, there's still players that come through the school that have that standard. Two years ago, Cam Akers was that guy. He's a very good player right now in the same city. I'm going to tell you right now, man, I'm going to let you know. Asante Samuel Jr. is the exact same thing. Even though that team only won three games last year, Asante Samuel Jr. is the type of player that is a standard bear for Florida State. And you guys got a dog. In two years, now mark my word, he will be just as good as Jair Alexander. I'm telling you. Wow. Oh, my God.
2: Mark my word. Hey, that's huge.
1: (laughs) Mark my word.
2: I'm not going to see you right now and tell you you're wrong. I'm
1: I'm not biased. He is a flat-out dog. And I don't know why James is laughing so hard because he acted like <laughs> the dude's dad wasn't that good. Now the dude's that, dad was a fourth round pick. His dad was a fourth man. round. I'm, I'm, I am flat out telling you, you this dude is laughing. He's laughing like I'm Cat Williams or somebody. And, and, and hey, man, you can't be acting like this while companies here. Daniel, don't pay him no attention, man. I don't know what his problem is. He acted like he had one of. I'm only matches. laughing
2: because he's laughing.
1: I know you, you, you. He act like he's been drinking the whole you. fashions you're going to go make, man. But I'm trying to – we got company, and this dude is a Chargers supporter. I,
0: <laughs> I can't believe you went with the, the best corner in the game. You just said the best in corner years. in the
1: game. The best corner in the game is Jalen Ramsey, but still.
0: It's, all right, it's, re- it's really close, so okay. But either way, it's like, mark my words, in two years, he's going to be Pat
1: Mahomes. No, like, the reason that's, why – That's tough to – The reason who? why I chose Alexander is because of their body type. I can't compare, yeah, I, mean, I, can I can't it. compare him to Ramsey or, or Gilmore because he's not 6'2. He he's 5'10 and, and, and a quarter, but he plays like that. He 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 plays big, okay. Like Jar like, like like Alexander, he plays bigger than his size suggests he's supposed to be. That's,
0: that's what right. I mean. And I think he's gonna be good. I just that that's high expectations, Tony. Yeah, I mean, that's it is so it you're is. talking in two years. So you're saying he's gonna make probably two Pro Bowls in the next three years.
1: I said in maybe two, not as a rookie. In two years, when you look at him, you're going to be like, damn, he should have been a first-round pick, and he he's that he's I that think guy. that's fair. Yeah. He, I think that part's fair. You're going okay. to look at him, and you're going to go, he's that good. You, okay, in two years, you're going to be looking at him, and you're going to go, he's very similar to Jair Alexander. Because okay. of the body type and the way that they play, they play bigger than their size suggests, and they're 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 very similar, and they do some of the same things. It's almost like somebody always comparing – an underst- it's like them comparing that kid in Tampa to uh Honey Badger. He ain't Honey Badger, but he does some of those things. I'm talking about the guy, you know, that that did Antoine the little. Antoine oh, Winfield Jr. Yeah, you're right. talking
0: about Winfield Jr. Yeah, right. And he's not Badger, but I, I so I get that. It, it yes, would sir. just be like right. you know, if I tune into Locked On Jags, and you're like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, mark my, my, my words, two years. Patrick Mahomes. No, like that's no, why no, I, no. no. I started laughing. No, that's why I Who's the
1: who, okay? Who's the corner? J.C. Horn, right? People are saying he's Jalen Ramsey because of his size. J.C.
0: Horn went to Carolina, right? Carolina, right? Did.
1: They say Jalen Ramsey type because of his aggressiveness, and so that's what I mean. It's stuff like that. You try to look I'm at calling. body. You look at body types. You look at. Buddha Baker and Jesse Bates, only because Baker's shorter, but he's quick and he's fast and he comes flying out of nowhere. That, that's what I'm talking about. Repeating over here, acting like he's on Angel Dust or something, over there laughing, <laughs> going all crazy, man. Like I made
0: Hey, but, it, it did make Daniel smile, though, which you said did. at the start that you were going to make him happy. I think he's happy right now. Look it at did.
2: Hey, it did. Sign me up for that any day of the week. I mean, if you're telling me in two years you can be looking at Jair Alexander, I mean, I think every Charger fan would sign up for that. But. It is nice to have seen someone kind of, you know, blaze the trail for this dude being his dad who came in as an undersized guy and played like a much bigger corner. I mean, one of my favorite dudes, I mean, time with the Eagles, time with the Patriots, you got to have that dog in you. And that's like one of those things, too, where like you don't want to mess with the undersized dude that gets to the league like that. Right. Because it's like he's been putting on against guys way bigger than him his whole life. Right. I mean, that that dude's got a scrap to get where he's at. And that's what I love about him, right? He doesn't, you don't look at him and you're like, oh yeah, that dude was born with a silver spoon in his mouth coming from elite NFL bloodlines. Like, no, that dude's fighting for every yard. That dude's fighting on every play that dude's going to give it to you. But as far as him and his fit with the chargers, right. I love that Rashawn Slater fell to 13. I didn't think either of these dudes were going to fall to the chargers. I mean, I think, you know, Jair Alexander probably goes a lot higher if he has those physical traits, right? I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he's borderline top 10 pick probably in Mm -hmm. that draft. He's not. Asante Samuel Jr., I mean, I think he was the eighth corner taken in this draft class from what I saw. He wasn't the eighth best corner. I mean, we're talking about maybe the fourth or fifth best corner in this class potentially, depending on how you felt about Caleb Farley with the injury stuff. But this dude's a dog. He can play man coverage, which is not something you saw a lot of under Gus Bradley. Now you're getting a dude that knows how to use his pieces, knows how to create matchups defensively. Asante Samuel Jr. is, I think, someone I'm really excited about. Another dude. I mean, we were, you know, hey, I'm projecting a mock draft. I think the Chargers again, getting Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr. You're getting laughed out of the building. Nobody mm-hmm. thought that was going to happen. I had one that said that my best case scenario, my ideal scenario, these two dudes in the first two rounds, it ends up falling that way, and I think it's going to be a lot of pressure. There's going to be a steep learning curve, he might be asked to do a lot early on in his career, but I'm not betting against that dude.
0: <laughs> I, I would, thing,
1: yeah, yeah, go ahead, James.
0: Last thing for me, uh, and it's with the secondary Derwin James. How's he doing? He's one of my favorite players to watch when he's healthy, when he's right. Obviously, health has been an issue for him. How's he doing? Is, is he expected to get back to 100?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's clear to play now, right? He says he's 100% now. I still worry a little bit when I see him doing these one-legged hops over a bench press bench and stuff like that. I mean, that's just the kind of dude he is. And he talked about that, right? Like, if I go out here and pretend I'm not playing football and try to take things at 40%, that's just not the game. That's not how the game works. That scares you a little bit, right? That he's just out here still going 100%, even in practice, all those things. But I do think the way Brandon Staley and this coaching staff is going, no competitive one-on-ones. No competitive 11-on-11s to this point in OTAs and stuff, trying to limit things, making sure you get to the season is huge. It's hard to say how much he impacts the Chargers' defense. I mean, he's like Jamal Adams that can cover. Like, that's just what this dude is. I mean, one of the best blitzing safeties. I've seen him lock up Keenan Allen one-on-one, which is something that (laughs) no safety in the NFL should ever be able to do with the way that man runs routes. He's huge. His energy is huge. He's just a hugely influential person on the Chargers, a huge leader. And I mean, seeing Derwin James get downhill is like one of my favorite things in football, not just with the chargers, the way that man gets downhill, how aggressive he is, how good of a tackler he is. He's going to make a huge impact right now. He's as healthy as can be.
1: Closest thing I've seen to Sean Taylor. Finally, this is what I'll do with projections. (laughs) And I know James is going to laugh at me, but I saw, I did a a radio interview once and JC Jackson, and everybody knows who he is now, got kicked off Florida's Florida And at the time, they had Tease Taylor and Quincy Wilson, who were both considered uh, guys that were going in the first or second round. And the guy we did the radio interview says, the best corner on this team got kicked off. We laughed him out of the studio. <laughs> because Taylor, Tabor was considered a first-rounder, even though he ended up going in the fourth because he ran real slow. But Wilson did go in the second round of the Colts. And J.C. Jackson had to go to junior college and then ended up in Maryland and then I think ended up like a seventh-round pick. J.C. Jackson is a hell of a player for, for New England right now. And he's like five nine. That's what I'm talking about with, with Asante. Sometimes you know, man. You see it, and the guy was That's right. That's fair. He's better than both of them, right? All right, man, so we're going to cut it loose, man. Uh, uh, Thanks, thank you, Daniel. Th- thank you, Daniel Wade, for joining us with our shenanigans. Thank you, James Rapine. Thank you all for listening here on a Wednesday edition <laughs> of Locked On NFL <laughs> with Tony Wiggins and James Rapine. You guys keep taking care of each other, and we'll do the same. We'll see you on another edition of Locked On NFL next week.